0: Hi, I'm Darren Ride. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Darren Ride here with Tim Beadle, and we are talking today about the role of the Holy Spirit. In disciple making. And Tim, why are we addressing this topic? Well, I think it's really important, Darren, to
1: realize that uh, disciple making is actually the exercise of God through his spirit to draw people to himself and at the same time uh, use those uh, who are already Christ followers to fully mature themselves. So there's actually uh, certain many things going on in terms of the Holy Spirit's activity and his role in terms of the entire uh, experience of making disciples to make disciples.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And and I think one of the important things to emphasize here is that, you know, disciple making too often in our, in our uh, current context has been reduced to discipleship, which has been reduced to a curriculum, which has been reduced to content. And, you know, that if we deliver this content, a disciple is somehow made. And what we're talking about on this podcast, and what disciple making is, is something much grander than the delivery of mere content.
1: And for those of us who teach and and uh, influence others as well, uh, we have to realize that disciple making, or even discipleship, isn't something that we do for God. Hmm. It's actually something that He performs through us. And this is the beautiful dance that goes on between uh, the Lord's Spirit, who lives within us through faith in Jesus. And also our participation with him, because in my view, uh, disciple making is, is actually the active work of the Holy Spirit, fulfilling uh, what his role is, uh, you know, this side of heaven, as it were. And, and we simply participate with him in what he is committed to do.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, we are told to make disciples. But, you know, and that was a very clear command. And we look at the Great Commission, you know, Jesus preceded that by saying, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And in Acts 1.8, the other, you know, Great Commission is you receive power and the Spirit comes on you to be witnesses. And there's a, an implication, a strong indication that you're not doing this on your own strength. This isn't about the exercise of intellect or or uh, conviction or just toughing it out.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know it's so important to understand uh, not only who the Spirit is, you know, the third person of the Trinity, uh, but also his personality, his uniqueness, uh, but, but also, you know, his role in terms of the Trinity, uh, the Godhead, that the God is committed to go to any extreme to win people back to himself. I truly believe that. And the Holy Spirit's role uh, is to be preoccupied with drawing and wooing people to jesus christ
0: hmm. you know i just came through a bit of a training where we talked about gospel identity and talked about you know being baptized in the name of the father son and the spirit and what that means that each of those speaks to our identity and the idea that you know as our father it makes us part of a family name of the son that makes us like jesus you know we're servants and the whole point of the spirit is he makes us on mission and the mission of course is to make disciples and so and to to obviously to elevate jesus and so the role of the spirit in disciple making you know to sum it up in a one-liner we could say things like absolutely essential (laughs) uh but then how does this play out what as we're making disciples what does our awareness and um Access, access to the Spirit and call on the Spirit need to be? What are actually we looking for the Spirit to do as we make disciples?
1: You uh, First of all, I truly believe we have to understand what, his, what He is doing inside of us. You know, I think of First uh, Corinthians 6.19, you know, that talks about, don't you know that the Holy Spirit, like your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Not only is He present, but He's in us. And and interesting enough, in, in that verse, Paul also says, and you are not your own. Uh, which would suggest that there there is some sort of a divine partnership going on here. Uh, he just didn't purchase our salvation. you know Jesus didn't just purchase our salvation uh, to have us sitting around waiting for him to return. There's an active missional partnership and it's through the person of the Holy Spirit. So I believe uh, you know disciple making starts with understanding what the spirit's role is in my life before I do anything in terms of uh, reaching out to others, is that the Holy Spirit uh, is present in my life. Uh, but, but I heard years ago, a uh, little, little British uh, preacher, Stephen Oldford, he used to like illiterate, illiterate everything that he said. He said, uh, the Holy Spirit is resident, but is he president of your life? Oh, I've never heard that one. Yeah, so obviously the, the, the Spirit's role isn't uh, He wants to lead us into something. And as you said, Darren, you know, the compelling conviction of the Great Commission is that we don't have to look for a mission to get involved in. The Holy Spirit is always committed to fulfill the will of the Father uh, in respect to what Jesus has accomplished on the cross.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, and we're not just talking about you know, what do you say, behavior modification, where we don't do these bad things, we do these good things, and just kind of this little checklist box. We're looking at transformation. We're looking at becoming Christ-like. And if anything, disciple-making, my personal growth, is tied to sanctification, where I'm called to become more like Jesus. As we make disciples, they're becoming more like Jesus. And there is certainly an action side to that, but there's a character side to that. That's why, you know, we have the fruit of the Spirit. love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control that's a description of jesus yeah and so that's that is a big part of the role of the spirit in disciple making
1: i think as we live out the fruit of the spirit you know we are told to be in the world but not of the world and and people uh, of faith are quick to rush to the last part of that verse saying well we can't do that we can't do that because we're not of the world. But the, the actual emphasis in that verse is that we are to be in the world. And therefore, we were not created for isolation, but rather for association with those around us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the Bible tells us that when we are living uh, for Jesus Christ, that we are actually uh, being observed by the world. So like like you think even, obviously, before Jesus, in the book of Daniel, where the decree was that everyone was to bow down to, to the statue and and uh, Rakshak and Benny, as we call them, uh, weren't going to do that. Uh, how would other people know if everyone else was bowing down that they weren't bowing down? It's because people are always watching you when you're different. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to create a difference within us just because he is evidence in our life. And the fruit of the Spirit are evidence of his work in our life as well.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, the core idea of holiness is differentness, you know, differentness in the right way. It, it's you know, God is holy, 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 absolutely, completely different than all of creation. We're called to be holy, to be different, and that's where, you know, the salt, the light, the perfume, where we are in the world, as He said, not of it, but we make a difference because we are different. But it's not just by the first force of our personality. You know, it's not just because we have charisma, perhaps, or or can speak well or, you know, produce content like this. It's the work of the Spirit. Yeah, it is. And
1: because the work of the Spirit and holiness, well, holiness also means to be set apart. But not set apart to sit on the sidewalk or the sidelines, but to be set apart for usefulness uh, for the purposes of God. And that that's why I believe that verse when it says you are not your own. It's because God has purchased us uh, for a purpose. And now we are part of his family. And in a family, everyone has their own roles and responsibilities. And, and uh, you know, in, in the next few minutes, why, why don't we just talk about specifically um, what are our roles in disciple making in partnership with the role of the Holy Spirit? What does he do? What do we do? And and how does it work back or forth? What well, oh. what's the first thing that comes to your mind?
0: Well, well, the very first thing that comes to my mind is that we're we're called to be examples, you know, whether you're a pastor or not, if you're in disciple making role, you're called to be an example. First Peter talks about being examples to the flock. And so what that means is that the spirit needs to have reign in us. You know, where Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, that's only valid if I'm following Christ passionately. And if I'm filled with empowered by controlled by transformed by the spirit. So for me, it starts with, am I a passionate follower of Jesus? Am I empowered by the spirit? in following me, in imitating me, will people be following Jesus or not? And it's the Spirit that makes that real, because if they're just following Darren or just following Tim in our raw human personality, there's not a lot there. But if they're following us in our in our transformative process of becoming like Jesus through the power of the Spirit, following us on that trajectory, then there's something worth imitating.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think in the book, as you were mentioning that, uh, I was thinking in the book of Acts, and Simon the sorcerer observes the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the apostles. And he wants that. He was actually willing to pay for it. Um, but he was denied access to that because he wanted to use it for his own purposes. And I think uh, this is part of the understanding in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, is that when we are truly filled by the Holy Spirit, you know, Ephesians five eighteen. That means we are controlled by him as well, and we are controlled to follow him. You know, in the imagery of a bicycle built for two, he's on the front and we're on the back. We're just pedaling for all we're worth, and he's guiding and steering and directing and leading us, obviously, to encounters and experiences with others who are yet to find Jesus or who need to be encouraged to continue to grow in Jesus as well. So I think that's um, uh, one of the important understandings. He will lead us. Are we willing to follow? You know, we're, we're saying we're, we're followers of Jesus, but are we are we sensitive to
0: the leading of the Holy Spirit mm. so that we can actually follow Him? Mm. No, exactly. You know, yeah, as you said, to be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Spirit, and I think disciple making, at its at its core, is following Jesus and inviting others to join us. But in that following, it's not again just our just our own strength. It's it's that we're um, we're passing on what we're learning. We're passing on a way of living. We're passing on values and convictions. And really, it becomes a transparent life. I think in in the best disciple making is a transparent life of someone who's following Jesus where you just see what it means to follow Jesus in all its simplicity, you know, in all its humility and vulnerability. And that's how disciples are made by doing that together.
1: Yeah. In Romans 12, it talks about, you know, I I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer yourselves, your bodies, as it were, as living sacrifices. Now now that term's kind of uh, a bit of a dichotomy because sacrifices in the old Testament died, (laughs) But in the New Testament, the, the whole idea of sacrifice is that you give up your life. And God doesn't want dead followers, He wants living followers, and it's the gift of the Holy Spirit in His presence that brings us alive and, and brings us back to life because His His one of His roles is to transform us into the image of Jesus. Yeah. And therefore, the more that we submit to Him and submission or surrendering is not giving up it's actually trading up hmm. it's trading up and aligning yourself to the purpose and passion of god through his spirit in terms of as as you said darren you know being you know salts and lights you know the bible's full of, of these word pictures you know an ambassador for christ an open letter hmm. and we we simply i think have to get out of the way and not complicate what the spirit's trying to do oh. among us.
0: You know, that's, that's well said to get out of the way. I think a big part of that is, is, is to recognize that while we're maybe working with someone in a discipling role, that it's not all up to us, that we don't have to cover all the bases that we need to trust the presence and the work and the voice of the spirit in that person's life and recognize the spirit is there and present. And sometimes, especially when it comes to certain lifestyle or, or, or life level decisions rather than trying to dictate what this person should do and telling them what we think they should do, we need to encourage them to seek the face of God and learn to hear the voice of the Spirit mm-hmm. in the specifics of life. Yeah, and I think part of that is learning how to tell faith stories. I
1: mm. uh, you know there's a power of listening to someone's life story, and I think you know we honor people. And we we mentioned this in, in a previous podcast, that, that we need to learn to people's stories. We listen to people's stories uh, so that um, we gain trust and respect, and then they start asking us questions about our story. Hmm. Uh, and at that point, it's the role of the Holy Spirit to bring back to remembrance those things that we have committed to heart. Um, I always joked with uh, young ministry students when they were coming to be licensed in, in a denominational interview. I, I always um, tell them now, the Holy Spirit—you know—it's it's his role. To bring back to remembrance the things that you have studied. Now, if you haven't studied them and if you don't know them, don't just throw up a Hail Mary prayer to the Father. And and hopefully, voila, all these verses will pop into your memory. And so so this is part of the dance is that we have work to do at uh, committing uh, to memory. Not for the sake of memory, but for the sake of uh, personal commitments and application is that God will then use those things that we have used in our own life that have become part of our story. That uh, Because some of us get nervous, you know, when we're sort of put on the spot or someone asks us about our faith and all of a sudden our mouth goes dry. Uh, but the Holy Spirit's role, and this is important to understand what his role is in disciple-making, he will give us utterance. He, he mm. will allow us to speak in such a way that we honor God and communicate spiritual truth.
0: Hmm. Well, I think what you said there about the the voice of the spirit, the word of God, the sword of the spirit, you know, uh, again, back to trusting the work of the spirit in that person's life, if we model a scripture saturated life, and they pick up on that. That gives the spirit a lot to work with in their life. I mean, you've probably know people who, in just in talking to them, their, their their speech is shaped by the wording of scripture, or their prayers are shaped by the wording of scripture, and that just gives so much for the spirit to work with in someone's life. And so, I, I think part of our role as disciple makers is to, you know, throw that grist, if you want to use that word, into the mill of of a, a scripture saturated life and maybe some scripture memorization, so the spirit has something to work with in those. Those disciples' lives.
1: Yep, you know, uh, scripture says, you know, in the same way, let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Uh, and these are people who may not even know who who God is, but they they see something about you, and they realize that you have something that they don't. And I think the role of the Holy Spirit at that point in time is to make them curious hmm. and to make them thirsty. Hmm. Our role is is is. Not to try to steal a deal, but basically to invite them to come and see who Jesus is and what he he is all about. I think that's our role, is Mm -hmm. to, you know, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, we plant and we water. And we realize that other people have already planted spiritual seeds in people's lives that we meet. And that's why it's so important, Darren, that, that we live a consistent lifestyle before people, so that we don't give them mixed messages. And so we are able to water the plants. But um, in that passage, it says, but God makes things grow. And I think that that's the the, the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, who's the, the active presence of God in our conversations, in our faith stories, that he's doing his work all the time. Because Jesus said, if the Son of Man be lifted up, I will draw all people, all men, women, and children to myself and the Holy Spirit is here to bring that work and that statement by
0: Jesus to completion. Oh, very well said. You know, uh, one of the traits in the DNA of a Christ follower that I boiled down was God dependence, and I think we need to model that God dependence, and that is dependence on the Spirit. So in disciple making, we know that all followers need the Spirit. They need the Spirit for power, for witness, for cleansing, for for you know just guidance through life. And we need to make sure we're modeling that in a way that's visible because we can sometimes, the way we live, it can look like we've got it all figured out. That we are somehow, you know, in ourselves competent when we know that's not the case. And so we need to let our, our people we're leading know that we do call it to God regularly, that we ask for the Spirit's filling daily, that we are in this posture of God dependence so they don't try to do it in their own strength. Yeah, exactly.
1: And uh, we have to realize that, that we are all a work in progress. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. We haven't all got it figured out. And I think that that's one of the things that we sometimes have to get over ourselves to, to really understand that uh, we aren't presenting those who are yet to find Jesus with a finished product in and of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're simply Christ's followers and we're in process and uh, this is the adventure that we are trying to live out in front of them. But, but I do believe um, that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to prompt us, hmm. to prompt us to act. Uh, and we've already talked about the fruit of the Spirit to show, you know, the love, the joy, the peace and the patience. Uh, but also to, to really understand what it means to live like salt and light, hmm. um, to add flavor, uh, to bring healing, to give illumination. And, and we usually do those things by practical acts of service to those around us. And here, here's the neat thing, is that so often when we're in Scripture, when we're talk, uh, told to uh, do things to people, uh, like like in Mark, it says, you know, uh, whoever welcomes a child in my name, Jesus says, you actually welcome me. And and in Matthew 25, where it says, whatever you've done to the least of one of these brothers of mine, you've actually done it to me or Or in Matthew 18, where it says, where two or three are gathered in in purpose or in prayer, usually that's the application. I'm there in the midst. So uh, the Holy Spirit is always prompting us to work that sometimes He's already doing in advance. And He's simply saying, okay, it's time to catch up because I planted seeds and I need you to go and talk to that person. (laughs)
0: You know, one, one of the areas I think where you most see the need for the prompting and leading the Spirit in specific ways is. in personal evangelism and one of the best ways to help grow someone as a follower of Jesus is to join with them on mission, have them join with you on mission. And because, because it's in that context, we know we need the spirit. We know we need to hear his voice for someone's life to be transformed by the gospel through repentance of faith requires the work of the spirit. And I know we're probably in a future topic going to talk about this evangelism side of disciple making, but I think on mission, inviting disciples on mission is really an effective way of making disciples.
1: Yeah, so maybe, maybe I'll close off this podcast by uh, challenging our, our listeners today. Uh, I just quoted, you know, from, from Matthew where it says, where two or three are gathered, I'm there in the midst. Uh, are you in conversation with anyone else in your life right now about this topic of not only disciple making, but, but what role is the Holy Spirit going to play? And it might be as easy as uh, committing with one or two others to meet, and start praying for people that the Lord, through his spirit, has laid on your heart to pray for. Make, make a list. The 10 most wanted people you want to find Jesus in the coming year. And, and that does lead into evangelism. But uh, this is probably a good time to to sign off. It, it's been great. Uh, my friend Darren Ride and I, Tim Beale, as we have just dug a different trench today in terms of digging into what it means to be a disciple maker. May God bless you.
0: Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.